Thank you guys for coming. Uh, this is the last week of Track to the Future. Like, if you don't know who I am, my name is Brandon Gwynn. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, we've been in a series called Track to the Future. And I don't know about you guys, but I've, I've loved it. Uh, not just for the 80s vibes, but because it's practical and simple, right? And that's just kind of what I like. That's kind of who I am. I like practical. I like simple. Uh, it's one of those things that, that we know as Christians. These are things that we've heard before, right? Intellectually, we know them, but then we live our lives like we don't know them. <laughs> you know, like we're, we're surprised when we fall into the, these pits and we kind of make a mess of things. Um, and really, we, we knew it all along. It's kind of like we know that, that eating terrible things all the time and just bad e eating habits and then just sitting on the couch all the time, like that's probably not going to get you where you want to be physically, you know? But then, you know, when we walk by the mirror, we're shocked when we see all the, the jiggly parts. You know what I'm saying? You're like, what, what did you think was going to happen? And it's like for, for fellas, you know, if you're married, for sure, you know that if you ignore your wife and, and you give your attention to just, you're, you spend all your time with your buddies and your hobbies or whatever, and you just, you ignore her, things are going to go bad for you. But then we're surprised when we come home and our golf clubs are on fire in the front yard. You know, like you shouldn't be surprised. Like, what, what did you think would happen? This series has kind of been like that for me. It's like, we know, right? But do we live like we know? And sometimes it's good to hear that, that simple and yet, yet profound and life-altering truth to kind of check ourselves against and just to remind us. Is this really the way that, that we're living? So just to kind of catch you up, and if, if you've missed any of these, you can go back on our app or on, online and, and watch all these. But week one, Clayton introduced us to the principle of the path. The principle of the path. So this is something that we can either um, leverage for our benefit, you know, or we can kind of ignore the truths and it, it could lead to our destruction. But he, he said that our decisions today determine our destination. So that it's not groundbreaking stuff, right? It's true. It's true, though. We, we can kind of predict our future, in a sense, by looking at the decisions we're making now, because that leads us somewhere. That leads us to, to a destination. And then in week two, he said direction, not intention, determines the destination. So, so intentions mean almost nothing. Like you could have the best intentions, but when you're, you're making the stupid decisions, you're going to end up somewhere you don't want to go. Intentions mean almost nothing. And also our, our relationship with God is all about growing, right? And, and growing, going with God and, and growing in our relationship, our lives producing fruit. And he said that the, the fruit we see is always the result of a root that you don't see. Whether it's fruit of the spirit, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, patience, all those things that our relationship with God produces in our lives or maybe not so good fruit. That's always leads back to some kind of root in your life that you might not see. And then last week he said, appealing isn't always satisfying. Like we tend to go after what's appealing, like what looks good, sounds good, what we think we want, but that's not always satisfying. Ultimately satisfaction is found in Jesus, period. And appealing should be a red flag. It's not a, it's not a green light. A lot of times we need to run from appealing and turn towards what's only satisfying, what's truly satisfying in our lives. And that's again, coming through our relationship with Jesus. And he left us with this verse in Galatians. That's kind of want to be my, my jumping off point today. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what the sinful nature craves. Let the, let the spirit guide your lives. That's what this is all about. This, this principle of the path and, and trying to get to this destination. It's about 
following the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And just to kind of, you know, so we're on the same page and to kind of keep things simple, this is kind of how I'm defining destination. I'm, I'm defining destination as God's will for your life. Like his will, his plan for you. That's the destination that, that we're talking about. So what is your destination? And does God have a, have a plan for your life? And I'm not talking about, uh, you know, all believe, yeah, God's plan for all believers. And, you know, I'm talking about specific individuals. Like he has a plan for you, a specific plan and purpose for you on this earth. Does God have a plan for your life? I would say, yes, he does. How do I know? Well, let's look at some scripture. First of all, Jer Jeremiah 1.5, this is God talking to his prophet Jeremiah. He says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. He tells him, look, I formed you and I knew you before I formed you. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nation. So before Jeremiah was even a thing, right? But when, before he was formed in the womb, God knew him and he had a plan for his life. He had a purpose, a destiny laid out for him. It was true for Jeremiah and it's true for you and it's true for me. He has a plan for, for our lives from the very beginning. He knows you. He has a plan for you. Ephesians 2.10, Paul writes, we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in, in Christ Jesus so we could do the good things he planned for us long ago. We're his masterpiece. Again, for, from the womb. Long ago, he planned good things for us. He has a plan for our lives. And then finally, Psalm 37, 23 is one of my favorite scriptures in all, all of, of the Bible. It says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall for the Lord holds them by the hand. So he, he directs the steps of the godly. He delights, this is us, his children. He delights in the details of our lives. And he wants to hold us by the hand and walk with us, right? Not, not come to him when we're out of answers, right? Or when we're uh, just at our wits end, we don't know which way to go, we're desperate. No, he, he wants into the weeds of your life, the day by day, each and every decision, each and every step. That's what our relationship should look like. So what's your destination? What, what's your, like when you, when you picture your life in the future and whatever, wherever you want to end up, however you want that to look like, what do you picture? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's career or goals or, or finances or retirement or, or plans for your kids or whatever else. Like what, what is your destination? But, but more importantly, when is the last time you gave his plan for you? Any thought, any attention? Is that something, if we're being honest in the way we live our lives, are we going our own way or, or do we really give thought or, or prayer or, or think about, you know, what is God's plan for my life? Where is he leading me? Where is, where is he, what's the destiny that he has in mind for me? Like the reason you were put on this earth, when's the last time you gave that any thought? Because in actuality, if, if we're going to call ourselves Christians, right, Christ followers, then we should be all about God's will for us. I say it this way, God's will should be every Christian's primary objective. Like it should be our every waking thought, the goal of just our being on this earth should be to find ourselves in the middle of God's will, following what, what he wants for us. Just like Jesus did, you know, Jesus said, I go where the father tells me to go. 
I say what the father tells me to say. Like, is that how we're, we're living our lives? And, and again, I know that, you know, but do we live like we know? Is it proved out in our, our actions, our decisions? And I'm not saying we shouldn't have goals for our career or whatever, but, but we, we need to start today kind of on this level playing field of understanding his will for us is best. Like his plan for you is better than your plan for you. Like period, period. His plan is better than your plan. And you'd be surprised like how many people I've come across like Christians that just have this very shallow idea of what a Christian life should be, what, a walk, what walking with Jesus is. And you would never say this out loud, but it, it, the, way, the way we live our lives, like there's a lot of us, you know, maybe you've given your heart to Jesus. Uh, you know you're going to heaven when you die. You, you do your best not to commit any of the really big sins. You try to be in church as much as you can. You want your, mainly for the kids, right? Want the kids in church. You just want to live your life in peace and then go to heaven when you die. And there's just more to it than that. We're giving something up there. Like there's, there's more to life than just doing what we want and waiting to die. You know, he's got a plan and a purpose for us, something better than we could even imagine. If we're going to live by Galatians 5.16, you know, letting the Holy Spirit guide our lives, like that guidance by the Holy Spirit is the key element that takes your life just from being okay to being abundant and fulfilled and having purpose, you know, and living a life with those fruits of the Spirit we talked about, love and joy and peace. His guidance is the key that kind of slips all the pieces into place. Just makes things work the way they should work. And again, I know we know, but do we really live like we know? His plans for you are better than your plans for you. Why, why is that true? Because God is God and he sees everything. Like he sees the end of the story. He sees around the corner. He has a perspective on your life that you can't possibly comprehend. Like you can't possibly understand. He, he sees the whole picture. And he's a good father, right? He wants good things for, for his children. You remember what it's like to be a teenager, right? And to think that your parents are completely clueless. You know, like they, they're like, I understand what you're going through. You're like, you don't have any idea what I, you know, like you don't know what I'm going. And then you get older and you're like, wow, maybe they, maybe they kind of knew what they were talking about, right? Why? Because they had perspective that you didn't have. They could see things coming that you didn't see. And how much more true is that of our heavenly father that's infinitely wise and knows everything there is to know. So it stands to reason as Christians, we should be trying to get into this thing of following the leading of the spirit and seeking his will for our lives instead of just flying blind through life. How, how do we, how do we get there? What does this mean? I want to kind of use Proverbs three, five, just kind of as our, our roadmap. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. It's about trusting in the Lord, trusting the things we just talked about that, that God wants what's best. He knows what's best. His best is better than our best. Like putting our trust in him in, in a relationship 
Not, not our own understanding or what we think we want, what we think is best. That, that's garbage compared to what he knows and what he wants for us. And then he promises us, like, seek my will. Seek what I want for you and all that you do and what? He's going to show you which path to take. It's that simple, right? We should just pray and go home because there's, there's the roadmap right there. He, he promises, I'll show you which path to take if you seek my will. He wants to guide our steps. Clayton said it like this a couple of weeks ago. He said this, the path is a a relationship. It's not a one, two, three, like a follow these steps and then you're going to get where you're going. No, it's a relationship. It's not one, two, three, it's follow me. And then this came up this morning on my Facebook memories from eight years ago. I I thought, you know, how, how great this fits. So I wanted to share it with you. It's from experiencing God. The, uh, the devotional by Henry Blackaby, it says, everything in your Christian life, everything about knowing him and experiencing him, everything about knowing his will depends on the quality of your love relationship to God. It all hangs on that. And it says, if that's not right, nothing in your life will be right. That, that's the hinge of all of it is, is what is your relationship with God like? If that's not right, your life is going to be broken. So what, what do we need to do? You know, what does that even mean to, to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and listen for his voice? I'm going to give you some, some again, real practical, real simple things. Just a, a way to kind of look at your relationship with God and kind of judge, man, am I really experiencing this in my life? The first thing I think we have to do is tune in. We have to tune in. Like spiritually speaking, tune our ears to hear his voice. That's, that's a learned thing, right? It's part of our maturity process. It's like, a, it's like a, a muscle that we develop over time. What it means to really hear his voice and listen for it and then obey it. And slowly but surely, we kind of learn how to pick his voice out of, out of the noise. Because the fact is, the Holy Spirit's always speaking, When you committed your life to Christ, if you consider yourself to be a Christian, you committed your life to Jesus, the word tells us that his spirit then moves in. Like the Holy Spirit of God now lives inside of you. You're walking around every single day. You're taking him everywhere you go. And his spirit is in you. And it's there as a a comforter and a counselor and and to to lead you and guide you. And the word tells us to, to lead us into all truth. He's, he's there to coach us through life turn by turn. And the fact is that he's always speaking to you. If you're, if you're not hearing his voice, the problem's not him because he's talking to us. He's nudging us. He's convicting us of sin. He's, he's leading us this way and that. In first Kings, we have the the story of Elijah. You remember Elijah? He's the one, I mean, it's the coolest story in the old Testament to me. It's like, he sets all these prophets of Baal up, you know, like, hey, where's your God? Have him burn, call fire down, whatever. And then, then he prays to God and the fire comes and burns up everything. And then he has all the prophets of Baal, like, killed. And Jezebel hears about it. She's kind of ticked off and she comes after Elijah. She's going to kill him. And Elijah's terrified. He runs for his life. He runs out into this wilderness and he, he sits down under a tree and he prays to God. And he's like, just kill me. You know, like take, take my life. I, I, I'm, I don't know what else to do. I'm terrified. And God speaks to him. In verse 11, God tells him, go out and stand before me on the mountain. The Lord told him, 
And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. And that was the voice of God speaking to Elijah. Our lives are noisy, right? Complicated, confusing, just loud. The, the wind and the earthquake, the fire, uh, all the noise in our life, God is whispering to us. So we have to, to tune in to hear that still small voice, the whisper. When is the last time you heard the whisper of God in your heart? You know, I've used this example before, but I can't think of a better one, so I'm going to use it again. But, you know, when we lead worship here and play music or whatever, we, we have these things we call in-ear monitors, right? These are like custom molded to fit my ear, and they kind of corkscrew in, and they block out like everything else. And that's the way we hear each other. We, we, that's the way I hear what I'm playing or what I'm singing. Um, and that's the way we, you know, we don't have speakers up here. Like, we don't hear what you hear. So that's the way. We have these and then a the little pack we wear here and they're tuned into the frequency over there in this amp rack, you know, and, and it works well that way. And we can kind of keep up with what we're doing and how we're singing and whatever. But beyond that, there's, there's a metronome going that we hear, a click, click, click that gives us the beat of the song. And on top of that, there's a guide voice in there that literally tells us intro, two, three, four, and then we all start the song. And it tells us when the verse is coming and when the chorus and when the, and when the, the outro or whatever. These are all things that we're hearing that, that you don't know that's going on, but it keeps us together. Make sure we're all in the same part of the song together. It keeps us going on the same beat. And, and when you lose that, <laughs> especially when you have these earphones and you can't hear anything else. When you lose that, it's terrifying as, as a, just a musician. Uh, two weeks ago at City Nights, our worship and prayer service that we have back here, we were leading worship and I had my pack on as batteries in it and it just died. The batteries were dead. It went away. And I was like, I couldn't hear anything. And I couldn't tell if I was still on the beat and you know, I'm playing with other people. It's kind of, it's kind of a big deal, you know, it's scary. And, and I wonder in my life, as I'm following Jesus, do I have that same feeling when I'm not hearing the voice of God speak to me? You know, like if I haven't heard him speak, if there's a decision coming, like whatever, do I have the, the, the mentality and just the conviction that if I haven't heard from God, I, I don't know what to do. I'm lost without it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay and I'm going to listen for God to speak to me. Because I don't want to get out of step with him. When's the last time you heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit? We have, to, we have to, spiritually speaking, just dial into that frequency and learn what it means to hear him speaking to us, whispering to us. We have to tune in. We also have to tune out. Got to tune out. You know, I said they kind of screw into your ear where it blocks out all the other sound. Maybe you've used like noise canceling headphones, like spiritually speaking. Again, we need to tune out some of the noise in our life, the, that earthquake and the wind and the fire, 
You know, just the, what, what does that mean? Maybe it's people in your life. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe there's something in your life that you need to tune out, like a relationship that's pulling you away from Jesus. Maybe it's just busyness of your life and this thing that we've created with our schedules, especially as parents where you're just running like crazy all the time and all the activities and all the sports, like there's no room in our lives to, to fit any kind of God in there, any time to, to listen for him to speak to us. Maybe we need to say no to some things. Maybe we need to create some space where we can go into a room and close the door and turn off the phone and open the word of God and read it. And, and listen for the voice of the spirit that's whispering to us. Like may, maybe it's time to, to tune some things out, some distractions. Maybe it's sin in your life. You know, Galatians 5 that we read, it says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what the sinful nature craves. We, we have that sin nature in us. We're born sinful, right? And then we, we receive the Holy Spirit and he's in us now. And we have those competing sides. They're at war with each other. And our sinful nature is trying to drag us in the opposite direction, away from God. And when we let that go in our lives and we have this unconfessed and just repeated habitual sin in our lives, what happens is eventually it hardens our hearts. Hebrews 3, 7 says, that is why the Holy Spirit says today, when you hear his voice, not if he speaks to you, right, but when. When you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. Like, don't, don't turn a deaf ear. Don't continue to go in your, your own way because the longer you do that and the longer you, you turn a deaf ear to his whisper in your life and the conviction from sin in your life, the longer you, you ignore it, eventually you don't hear it anymore. That's the danger we face when walking with Jesus. And before you know it, his ways just start seeming like foolishness to you. You think you know best, you want to do it your way. And you'd never say this out loud, but in the practice of your life, it's your way, man. And you're controlling it. You're pulling the strings and you're flying blind. My, uh, I didn't, I didn't grow up hunting, but my brother-in-law was a big hunter. And later in life, he kind of got me into hunting. And we spent a lot of time over the years, you know, in, in these pastures or these hunting leases, you know, driving around these fields and checking on feeders and blinds and stuff. And, you know, when you're out doing that, you, you don't usually buckle up because you're not in uh, traffic or anything. And so you normally just get in the truck and go. And most cars these days have that warning Thing with the seatbelt, right? Bing, bing, bing. And I don't know if you noticed, but the newer cars, it's like, it doesn't give up. You know, <laughs> like it like just goes and it's like seatbelt, you know, bing, bing, bing until you put it on and then it stops. Right. And so we're, we're in the truck and I'm like, my gosh, that beeping is like driving me crazy. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, we like, you know, the, every 30 seconds, the bing, 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 bing. Like he, he didn't even hear it. Like he had spent so much time ignoring it. He didn't even hear, he didn't even hear the warning signs anymore. That's the danger we face when we continually ignore the whispering of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We don't hear it anymore. 
I don't want to, I don't want to live my life there. We've got we to tune in, learn what it means to, to hear his whisper, feel that, that nudge in our hearts where he's trying to lead us, tune out the distractions. And then I say it like this, we've we got to let go. Like let go. I don't know about you, but some of the worst decisions I've ever made in my life are times when I'm, I'm so tight fisted with something like I'm desperately holding on to something I think that I want or I want, uh, I need, or is best for me, or like maybe it's been, you know, career paths or just whatever. Like I want it my way and I'm trying to control it and I'm trying to manipulate things to get what I feel like I want. And God can't do a lot with that in, in our lives. And so instead of being so tight-fisted, I think we, we've got to learn uh, to, to, to release those things, to, to open our, our approach to our lives and our relationship with God can't be like this. It has to be like this. And, and you know, you could pray to God and be like, God, man, I want this so bad. I feel like that's what I need. I feel like that's what's going to make me happy, what's best for me. But, but... I trust you. I know that you know what's best. And even though I want this, I'm, I'm releasing it to you. And that may be where he's leading you, right? But we're never going to know if we're just, just hanging on to what we think we want, what we think is best. We've got to loosen our grip because what he has for you is better than what you have for you. One of the, the most powerful examples of this, I'll never forget this moment I had with God as years ago. My, my boys were young at the time. Uh, they were probably like two and five or something. And, you know, I think we're pretty good parents, but we didn't do very good when it came to food, right? Like making them eat. It's just a, a fight, you know, all the time, making them eat stuff and try new things. And, you know, we, we caved a lot. So they, they, they loved hot dogs at the time. And there was this one night I was grilling uh, and we were making ribeye steaks. Like, I don't do a lot of things well, but I can cook a steak, okay? I'm just gonna go and say it's good. It's good. And um, I'm making steak and of course they don't want steak. They never had steak. They, they want hot dog, right? And I'm sitting there eating this meal, like the steak's just amazing. And I look at them and they got their hot dog, you know, and they're like dipping it in the ketchup. And I'm just like, do you even understand, like, it was hard to put into, like, what are you thinking? You know, it's like you're, you're, you're choosing this familiar thing that you like because it's all you know, and you have no idea what you're missing out on. And God was like, that's you. Like, we, we think we know what we want and what we need and whatever, and God is like, would you just... I just let go. Like you have no idea what I have for you. You have no idea what's around the corner. Like how much of our lives do we spend settling for the hot dog when he's got so much more? We, we can't even, our brains can't even comprehend it. You know, have you ever tried to follow someone through traffic? You know, they're like, hey, follow me. You don't know where you're going, but you're following a car. And there's traffic and stuff. And the person you're following just could not care less if you keep up with them or not. <laughs> you know, like, you're like, is that them? Oh my gosh, I lost them. And then, then it's the most frustrating thing ever. And sometimes I think that's what 
trying to follow God's will for our life can feel like, like he's trying to lose us or something. Listen, that's a lie. God's not trying to lose you. He's not trying to trick you. He's not hiding behind the tree and be like, oh, let's see if, let's see if he figures this out. That's not the, the way he, he operates. He, he doesn't want to trick us or confuse us. He, he wants us to know his plan for our lives. How do I know that? Because he's a good God. And he promises us in his word that he'll, he'll show us which path to take. Like he, he's communicating those things to us even now. But are we listening? So looking, looking at your life and where you are and the turns that you've made, maybe you've make, made some mistakes, you've taken some wrong turns, you, you've taken the long, the long way around, you've taken some detours, maybe you've gone after what's appealing. It's cost you. Ask yourself this, is there a gap between where you are and where you think God might want you to be? Is there a gap? Could there be a gap there? What, what do you do now? What if you took a wrong turn? See, there's good news in this. Because we've all messed up. We've all taken wrong turns, right? We've gotten it wrong. But the, the good news is he's not a one-shot God. He, he's not a, well, you had your chance and you blew it, God, right? Like, he's not just a one-shot God. He's a God of second chances. There's always a path back to him, always. You've never gone so far that he's like, you're on your own now, buddy. Like, we sing this song called My Testimony in the Bridge. It says, if I'm not dead, he's not done. And greater things are still to come, right? There's, he's not done with us. You know why? Because you, you woke up this morning, like you're sitting here and there's air in your lungs. It's not too late for you. It's never too late to change directions. You can say it like this. He's not a one shot God. He's a rerouting God. There's, there's always a path back to him. Uh, one wrong turn doesn't have to mean a wrong destination. We still have time. You know, uh, like, I don't know what we did before Siri and the maps, you know, and the turn-by-turn -turn navigation and stuff. I'm old enough to remember you had the giant map of Texas in your glove box, you know, and it's like, you, it was so big you couldn't even unfold it all the way. You could, you could see like tiny bits of it at one time and you never get it folded back right. And so you just have to like wad it up and stuff it back in there. Like, what did we do before the turn-by-turn navigation? It's so easy now. She's like, in one mile, whatever. But what, what usually happens, especially if you have no idea where you are or where you're going, whatever, sometimes you still miss a turn, right? And what does she do? She reroutes you. Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine if she was like, well, fine. Like, do your own thing. Let's see, let's see how good you do without me, you know? And she doesn't do that. She, she reroutes you. She, she finds the next best route back to where you're going. A wrong turn doesn't have to be, mean a, a wrong destination. God is a, a rerouting God. It's never too late to pivot. In the words of the great theologian, Ross Geller, we have to pivot, you know. I don't watch the show either, right? It's something I heard, right? Pivot, like it's never too late to pivot. It's never too late to put your foot in the ground and turn and go a different direction. It's never too late to pivot, never too late, as long as you're up and breathing. 
There's always a way back to him. You might have made so many mistakes, so many wrong turns. You might have ignored the directions, but it's never too late. There's always a path back to him. You've heard of Saul of Tarsus in the book of Acts. Saul, who would eventually become Paul. But Saul of Tarsus, the word described him as a a zealous Pharisee. The Pharisees, by the way, the only group that Jesus really went hard after, you know, like, because why? They they were missing it. They, they, They were the most religious. They knew the law better than anyone else, but they were missing it. They they didn't know what it meant to, to love God and love people. Like they had some things backwards. And here you had Saul, who was the best of them, the worst of them. And he spent most of his life, listen to this, running in the wrong direction, like sprinting in the completely wrong direction. He had it backwards. He he was violently passionate in his preservation of what he felt was the the, the only, like the pure way, the the Jewish custom, you know, uh, following the God of Israel, and he missed it. He spent his life pursuing these new Christians, these people that were part of the way, the new Jesus movement. He hunted them down, locked them up, beat them, had them killed. We're talking, he was sprinting in the wrong direction. But then what happened? He had his road to Damascus experience where he met Jesus and his eyes were opened. He had a, a real encounter with the real Jesus and his life was changed. He pivoted. <laughs> he redirected that zeal, not fighting the movement, but fulfilling what God's purpose was for his life. He ends up writing two thirds of the New Testament. It's one of just the, the pillars of the faith. Some of us, man, we need to redirect our zeal away from career or kids or activities or sports or whatever and just redirect that zeal to to following Jesus. We need our own road to Damascus experience where we meet and encounter the real Jesus. Not religion, the person of Jesus. Some of you, I mean, if, if, if we're going to take an honest look at our stuff, I mean, let, let's, let's do it. Some of you, you're not sure if you even have a relationship with Jesus. You, you, you have attended church or you may even call yourself a Christian and, you know, some scriptures here and there. But if you look at your life, the fruit, like we talked about, the fruit of your life, that there's not any real evidence that you have a relationship. Maybe you're not sure. Maybe you just flat out, no, I don't. I've been running the wrong direction. It's time to, to pivot. I mean, you woke up this morning, but you're not, you're not guaranteed that tomorrow. Like, so what, what are we doing here? This, we're playing games, you know, like what, what, it's time to, to stop, put, put our foot in the ground and turn, turn to Jesus. 
And there, there's no magic prayer to pray. There's no secret combination to unlock. You know, it, it's a heart decision where you stand before God honestly. And you're like, God, I'm a sinner. Like, I know I fall short of your standard of perfection. I know I can't have a relationship with God who's perfect because of my sin. I, I got a problem. And you put your faith in what Jesus did for you when he became sin for you, even before he put you together in your mother's womb, he knew you. He died for you. It, co it cost him everything. Then he rose from the dead. Now he's got the keys. He, he holds the power. He, he defeated death and, and sin. And again, since birth, He's been offering you that free gift of salvation, pursuing you. You just got to turn and take it. Start a relationship with, with the one true God, the real Jesus, and know what it means to, to walk with him. Yeah, you're, and you're promised, you're promised heaven with him one day for eternity, but, but he, in the here and now, he has such better things for you. He's got a plan for you, a life that leads you just to, to being fulfilled, a life of purpose. But you gotta let go. Make that decision today, man. Let us know about it. We're, we're, we're a church family. That's what we're here for. Like, I want to know about your decision. You can tell us on the app, you know, let us know you're making that decision. We want to walk with you. We want to help you grow as you learn what it means to, to, to walk by the Spirit as the, He's leading you, guiding you, nudging you this way and that through the landmines of life, not flying blind. We want to do it together. A couple weeks ago, I got to baptize my youngest, um, Xander. Um, you know, being a part of introducing my kids to Jesus and baptizing them, it's just the, the highlight of my life. And, you know, Xander, he had been through the kid faith class. You know, we have a class here where we teach kids what it means to follow Jesus and get baptized. And, uh, you know, I, I really wanted to make sure he understood what he was doing. Not he, he did this or that because his friends did, but like it was a decision he was making. And so Jennifer and I sat down with him and I was explaining him, you know, what Jesus did for him. And, you know, we were, you know, he, we owed a fine that we couldn't pay and, and Jesus paid it for us. You know, he took the punishment and, you know, he, he was the substitute and, um, you know, he, he got emotional at one point. <laughs> he said, but what if we mess it up? You know, his, even his 10-year-old, you know, pure mind was already looking ahead like, yeah, I'm going to mess it up. Like, can, can we mess it up, you know? And I was like, I said, uh, no, no, buddy, because he, he loves you too much. I say the same thing to you. You might have messed it up. You might have taken some wrong turns. You may be miles away from where you need to be, but you've never gone too far. He loves you too much for that. There's always a way back. One wrong turn doesn't have to ruin your destination. How do I know that? Romans 8, 28. And we know that 
God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. Our great God has a way of bringing good things even out of wrong turns. My, my life has been a comedy of errors. I mean, one wrong turn after the next. Like I took every opportunity to push the boundaries and bend the rules and see what I could get away with and try to do things my way. But these wrong turns led me to seek the right person. And that was Jesus who transformed me, changed the direction of my life. And I still make wrong turns. I still mess it up. But guess what? I'm still on his path because I'm willing to stop and pivot and listen. And we, we, we complicate it too much. It doesn't have to be complicated. Following Jesus, it's just about, you know, seek him. Seek Jesus. Just like we just read, trust in Jesus and seek his will. And he's going to show you which path to take. Like, just seek him and then do what seems right. It's not complicated. He, he, he wants to make it plain to us. There's nothing wrong. I mean, there's nothing worse than just the confusing, the complicated. And it's like, man, I don't know. I can't figure out. Like, have you ever gotten uh, directions from a farmer? Like I grew up on a cotton farm and there's nothing worse than like, you know, there's nothing out there. So it's like, they, you know, they're like half mile past the home, home place. I'm like, what is a home place? I don't even know. Head back to the east, turn north, just past the turn road, go to quarter mile. And you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm never going to get there, right? When, when you have confusing directions, the best thing is when someone's like, you know what, stay there, I'm come, I'll come to you. And you can just, just follow me. Guys, our life is complicated. There's landmines all over. There's choices to be made all over. Sometimes we don't know which way to go, but Jesus is saying, look, it's not complicated. Just, just I'm coming to you, just follow me. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust him, trust him in the relationship, have a relationship with him. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't, don't, don't just stay tight fisted, holding on to what you think is right. No, let it go. Put your faith in, in him and in his understanding, his way. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. That's a promise he keeps every time. Because that's who he is. That's what he does. Would you pray with me? God, I pray that you would not let us slip into just the arrogance of thinking we know what's best. God, humble us in this moment. And we don't want to leave this place and just have the, the feel goods and then never change. God, we, we are putting our foot in the ground today. We're, we're ready to pivot, turn to you. God, we know that you know what's best for us. You have things in mind for us we can't even comprehend and not to say our lives will be perfect, but we know God that your way is best and your way will make our lives better, make us better at life. And we want to go with you wherever that takes us. God, we come to you open-handed saying, I'm going with you. Lead me. God, help me tune in, block out the distractions and just let go because you are a good father. And you know what's best for me.